All right. Welcome back to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm your host, Jordan Prince. We are here in the M94.5 studios in Munich with producer Moritz Batscheider. Very happy to welcome a talented filmmaker, a good friend, and an all-around great guy, Sebastian Bolinios. Okay, welcome to the official episode two of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm very happy to have my friend, very talented filmmaker, my German buddy, Sebastian Bolenius, here today. And we're also welcomed by our producer, the mastermind, the genie behind the mixing board, Mr. Moritz Batscheider, which we always just call Mo Bat. Hello, Mo. Hey, Jordan. It's Hello. nice to be back. It's great to have you. Hello, Basti. Hi, how's it going? Are you nervous? Yes, I'm a bit nervous. There's no need to be nervous. I mean, I took my pants off, so I hope that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe people who are listening can notice that this actually is recorded. This is the first official interview episode inside the M94.5 studio, except for the introduction episode. So you're kind of um, taking the virginity of this uh, of this Ooh, studio process. I do. I love Aren't it. You a naughty boy. <laughs> Um, super glad to have you. Been a friend of mine for a long time, so it's, I think it's really cool to actually get to know you a bit deeper than in the way that I have for the past six or seven years or even longer. When was the first time that you visited New Orleans? Uh, I think the first time I visited New Orleans was before I met you. I think I went there five times, and I think I met you on the third Four, time. Third time. There was, yeah, you went to a bar with Ify, right? And then, yeah. And okay. then you joined, and then there was a shoot with Afi that you were starring for. Ah, uh, yeah, was it the silent Mia? Thing. Mia, yeah. that's yeah. right, and that's where we met. That's right. Uh, if anybody uh, who's listening to this has seen the woman music video, uh, that's actually what the short film Mia was based on, and, and then we shot the short film and then cut it into the music video. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I've worked with Basti a lot. Uh, he's got a keen eye. He shot the woman music video that we did he shot the sophomore year music video that we did and actually you shot a third music video which is tba unreleased because of legal issues and it's banned from youtube um but it was very beautiful very glad to have worked on it and i've also worked with you in a bunch of different sets um when did you actually start working in film so when i was um, when I was leaving school, I was 19 and I didn't really have a, had an idea of what to do. So I did an internship at a broadcaster in Munich. So I did that. And then I met some people and they referred, they, they recommended the school that I went and I studied one year journalism. Then here I in Munich, you did that here in Munich. Yeah. And then I decided to go to university and study politics, but that kind of didn't work out because I started working already. And then I figured I'm better at working than at studying. So why, why politics? Working. What drew you to politics? I don't know. My sister studied politics, and I always looked up to my sister. So which, which one? You have two sisters, right? Yeah, yeah. Anna, my sister Anna. She studied. She studied politics, and I figured maybe that's a good way to go. But I didn't really think about it. I didn't even know why I studied. I just thought like that's what you do. It sounds like every American who goes into a university, like no no specialist degree, but just kind of meanders around with general until yeah. like the third year. And they're like, I think I'm going to get a philosophy degree. <laughs> yeah, it was it was more like I was kind of struggling with school. And then I made it to the finals and like I I, I, I finished, finished school. And then I thought, OK, now I did that. So I probably should go to university because that's why I did all that stuff. Yeah. So 
And then I realized I'm still not good at school. So no, actually right now. two of us. In Mo too, you're quite dumb, right? Yeah, I have the same <laughs> issue. Oh, yeah. I started my second bachelor and am in my third semester there. Four more to go. And I'm recognizing, eh, not sure if it, <laughs> you don't like it was anymore. a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel like that's, I don't know, there's a lot of people who talk about college being kind of a scam, at least in America. And I totally agree with that. But did you did you think that your education was good? I mean, I guess Germany has pretty strict rules with that sort of thing. I really, I really think I, I didn't think too much about it. It was really like, okay, uh, my parents always told me, um, hey, if school's too hard, there's a different degree that you can take and then you just learn a profession. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I can do it. My friends are doing it, so I can do it. Yeah. So, and I pushed through and then, then there was a moment of studying and I just realized I really don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was working already. So, and I got my, my, I was like a little bit successful, so I had a job and things were going well. So then I thought, okay, who am I studying for? Certainly not for me. What was the job that you were doing well in? Uh, I started in a production company and it was a very small company. And it was nice because they gave me a lot of responsibility from the beginning. And I was just 20, but it was great. Oh my God. Yeah, they, they sent me to great shoots. I didn't realize you were that young. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no. no, that was great. It was great experiences. I'd worked there for three to four years, I think. Before I quit my job and became a freelancer. Oh man, that's so ballsy! I think to do that sort of thing. But you, but you were doing quite well with them. Did you make contacts through them? Is that how you started your own company? Mm, I still work with them, actually, just not employed. Okay, but you have a you have a company with your sister, your sister ah, yeah. Anna, right? Yeah. How did when did you guys start that? What's it called? Kleiner Bruder. Kleiner Bruder, little brother. I love that because yeah. you're the little brother. I'm right? the little brother. Yeah. When did you guys start that company? <laughs> so. I think it was um, like I decided I made up my mind that I want to quit my job and just become a freelancer. And then my sister was in a similar position. She was at a broadcaster. She was employed and then realized, OK, I think it's time. And I think by the time a lot of people decided to become freelancers in the field of video, uh, like she's she's more a journalist. She works for for this um, TV program. And it was more common to be to to quit the job and start something on your own. And then we thought, let's do it together because she's more the journalist. I'm doing more camera and editing, so I'm more the technical stuff. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. into more the technical stuff. So it was kind of convenient mix because us together, we could already start producing. And so we thought, let's do uh, a company together. So she was in the position of maybe like writing up the script of what would happen and maybe being even the face of the story. And you were the guy with the camera and the gear and the idea of how it would be shot. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was nice. Do you guys have a good like symbiotic working relationship? There was there was times. It's it's crazy because for me it was not even strange, but there were people like I I have a pretty close a close relationship to my sisters. Um but there were times that I would like go out at night with my sister, go to parties and everything. Then we would even do vacation together and then we ran a company together. So Oh my like, god. So we were together a lot. But it wasn't like it wasn't a drag or something. We were, it was it was fine. So we I had like that. pretty intense years and then things changed. Like she, she went to Berlin. Mm -hmm. I also left the city now. Uh, so I think we, we, we still do have to have run the company together, but, uh, we also, we work on, on several on different projects. So we don't work as closely anymore. You lived in Berlin for a while, right? For a but, short while. Yeah. Was that when you were working with her? Um, no, actually, yeah. So that's one of those things that we did together. Like there was this friend of hers who 
who left Berlin for, for a project and she offered her apartment um, for a certain amount of time. And then my sister asked me, hey, do you want to go to Berlin with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we went to Berlin together, rented this apartment and <laughs> That's lived together. That's how you together. ended up there? Yeah. Because of Anna. Oh, okay. So we worked together, lived together, did vacations together. So we were very close. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. That's and we are wild. still close. It's just we don't spend as much time with each other anymore, which right. is also okay. <laughs> but you and Anna were both like, would you say you guys were always interested in this sort of field since you were young? Or did it something, was it later? Because for me with music and film and stuff, I was like, I had this revolution at like 15 or 16 where I was like, this is going to be my life. No. <laughs> but before that, I was like, I'm going to play football. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's something you told me. I can still not picture you being on a football field. <laughs> me neither. Did, not did, at you all. did want to play football? Well, I mean, you know, so my brother was older, was four years older and he was really good at sports, but he quit pretty young. And he and my dad, I think, kind of had this pressure that I should be the one to take the footsteps so there was a couple of years where I really loved playing um, basketball and I really loved playing football. But then just the, I guess I got about like 17 and the joy just, just plummeted down. And then I was just playing for my dad. And then I had to get up the nerve to ask him to stop. But yeah, for a so while. What position was, did you play? In football, <laughs> I was the center. I was hiking the ball. And for, for a long time, maybe years. And then the last two years that I was in football, I was the right off offensive tackle. I was a big boy. Big guy. I was a big boy. Yeah. I didn't like being a lineman. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the the outfits and, like, the vibe and the Friday night lights and the crowd and stuff. But having the gear, like, having the actual work really bummed me out. I rather just wanted, I just really wanted to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for me, it's really hard to imagine. But were you interested in anything really different before that? Or was it always kind of like, options open, I'm kind of free-flowing? That sounds better than it was. It was really just, I really didn't know. Okay. I think I always did like stuff like I had a small camera. I did some little like movies when we were on vacation or something, but like not something that I thought I'm going to do professionally. So I knew okay. that there was just something creative inside of me in a way that I thought about studying, like applying for art school, like not really art school. It's more like going in the direction of becoming a teacher or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, there were some options, but I really didn't have a clue. And again, my sister, who was an intern at this broadcast company herself, she's she's uh, five years older than me. Then she said, hey, you don't know what to do, but you want to come to Munich. I was living on the countryside by the time. And she said, you want to come to Munich? Why don't you just apply for that internship? And that kind of changed everything. I was like coming from school, countryside. <clears throat> then I was, was at this broadcaster working with people that everybody seemed to like his job. And that's very inspiring when you're 18 and everybody seems very happy with what they do. Yeah. So that's when I decided, okay, maybe I should get, in, get into that. And, I, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to be the journalist for television. I'm going to be at BBC London <laughs> or something. So I had like those. Oh yeah. Short episode of those big dreams. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of really nice creation is fueled through false big goals <laughs> like that sort of impossible dreams yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but were either of your parents uh, involved in anything like that i mean where did where did your siblings get this interest in journalism and media i don't know my parents are really different i mean my father is certainly interested in journalism he reads the newspaper like a crazy person <laughs> but um my mom my dad's the same with watching youtube news but go ahead <laughs> sorry no it's um I mean, we have some creatives to, in the family, but that's not necessarily my, my father and my mom. I mean, okay. So it's more like maybe uncles of them or, or aunts or something. Yeah. My father was an engineer and he probably would have liked to see me being, becoming an engineer too. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 
he never made me like he didn't say anything but and my mom also like she they didn't push to. me in any direction or something it was more like go for it like, so she was always really supportive or she just wasn't holding you back, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah. that's okay. kind of like that. That's kind of, I mean, my mom has extremely supportive moments, and I am really thankful. She, But she also had this kind of similar game where it was like, she'll support it, but mostly she's just not holding it back. She doesn't want to, like, break my heart, but she might not say something supportive in the right moment. But my dad also really wanted me to be um, in his field, like to follow his safety engineering footsteps. But that also just never appealed to me, you know? My brother's super, super into this world. Like he's working in this high profile job that allows him to travel. He makes great money. He's buying another house. Like they're planning family. And I'm extremely proud of him. He's worked really hard. He's completely earned it. And he's such a humble, like he's such a humble, thankful guy. Um, that's something my dad, I think, really hoped that I would do. He often mentions like, well, your brother did this. You could also do this. But it just never, I don't know. It's almost like I preferred the impossible. Like I prefer the thing that's likely not to happen and it's, it's shit on me a lot, but it's still way more fun. I think than going back to school for that sort of thing. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds good. And it sounds like you had some ambition early on. I think that's good. So you've got this successful, um, filming company with your sister and you're getting these big projects and you're doing pretty well. What compels you to move to Lisbon? Um, so it's, not so hard to uh, not so so sorry not so easy to answer this but um or did you guys have a reason i mean you and your partner moved together right that's pretty much that's pretty much the point why things sometimes tend to get difficult now being there because we didn't really have a reason besides i mean first there was a certain freedom in the decision of going there that i thought okay i can work remotely i can work abroad so why not do it because it's also a blessing i feel like not a lot of people can just say, okay, I'm just going to move all my shit to Lisbon and work from there or live there. And I can just do that. So why shouldn't I? So that was more the question. And I had friends who went to university. They did Erasmus program. Everybody had this year or six months abroad. I just didn't have that. And, and I thought, let's do it now. And okay, it was, it was a decision we, we took together, but, um, it was this thing. Munich makes you very comfortable. Yeah, that's true. And I think I you mean you mean financially or because you're financially and everything. I mean Munich was my home, so or like, is my home. There's all my friends. Job situation was stable. Right. Everything was perfect. Yeah. And maybe that wasn't and maybe good, that wasn't enough. good enough. I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted like I just wanted this episode of I also want to live in a different country. I want to learn another language. I wanted I want to have that experience. I don't want to look back and say yeah I've lived all my life in Munich. So you know? from your from your perspective, it was just like I want the challenge. I need something fresh. I'm still young. I'm going to live somewhere else. Totally. But why Lisbon? Why not like Paris or anywhere else? So since my since my boyfriend is Brazilian and he speaks Portuguese and his family speaks Portuguese, it was convenient to go to Portugal to for me to learn Portugal because Brazil is too far away and politically and and economically. But it's the, not point, the, best the point was to, to go somewhere right. where he already knew the language so that you could learn his yeah. first language. Oh, I okay. mean. You've been there. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's also super yeah. beautiful. But but that was like part of the reason was language. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even if I travel, like I tr- we travel to, to London and Edinburgh and we were in Barcelona, cool cities. But I'm there and then I think, mm, I like Lisbon more. Like I'm really in love with the city. 
I yeah. really like it. What's your favorite thing about it? I mean, it has a. I know that it has like a pretty prominent nightlife, right? I mean, I guess you've been kind of friend hunting since yeah. you got there. Yeah, yeah, I did. So like, what's what's like what's the? I mean, what's the nightlife like? Is it super artistic? Or is it a lot of drinking, partying? There's a lot of drinking, definitely. <laughs> um, well, but, it is Europe, <laughs> and it's yeah. That wasn't so different here. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, mm, no, honestly, the nightlife is not even that exciting in a way that I experience things that I haven't seen before. Like, it's not like, I think nightlife in Berlin or in other big cities is more like crazier, more, more vibrant. Okay. I think what I like about that city, it, it just calms you down. It really does. You, you learn to be patient, something that I was never really good at. And I think I became more patient. At least I'm on a good way to be, become more patient. And it just has a different pace and as long as you don't have to rely on every step of your everyday life on that pace, like for example, if you, I don't work there in a company or something and I have to deal with the pace sometimes being a bit slow. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just to, um, just to tap into something that we were talking about off mic before we started, um, there's this perfect word that we wanted to tap into about expectation. Mm. So I guess my first question would be, you're, you're choosing to go there and, what what expectations did you have about what kind of lifestyle you would have or what kind of income you'd make there or how you'd get your business started back up? Yeah. So uh, so this that question is kind of I think I would have to answer in in two different ways, because I think I did have some expectations for myself that I thought, OK, um, you know, Munich was very I was very settled. I was I had like friends. I had a busy work schedule when I wasn't working. I was hanging out with friends. So there was like the week was pretty full, enjoyably full. So I did expect like Lisbon, I don't have any, I don't know people there. So I think for me, there was some room to think about something new to like to grow as, as a filmmaker, as a video maker, to like write a short film or something. Like I had those ideas professionally that I, that I could do those things that I thought or that I never made time for in Munich. Let's mm-hmm. call it, let's put it like that. And I thought I would grow in that direction. Yeah. But there was also this thing. I didn't go there alone. So we went there as a couple. And I think that was... That changes the dynamic a lot. It changes the dynamic because the question of our expectations, we just, we never asked ourselves, what are our expectations to go there? Like we we just went there. But I I, mean, who asks themselves that anyway? I mean, it's it's an important question, but it's often overlooked. Yeah, it's very important. And just, and and Ify, uh, my friend Ify, she just mentioned it and she... She said, like, because we, we ran into some troubles and, and, and things were not going so smoothly, like, um, and then she said, yeah, but what was your expectation? And I was like, or what was his expectation? And I thought, I don't know. So we really had to have this conversation. And it's not a conversation that you just have once. It's a conversation. She asked you both at the same time or she just asked No, she you? just asked me. Okay. And then, and this conversation is ongoing. We, we're dealing right now with, after, it's been one year. Mm-hmm. Dealing with, okay, what do we expect? What do we want to accomplish? Because it's not just like chilling and hanging out. You don't want to do something. Right. That reminds me a lot about New Orleans, actually, it seems like. You yeah. know, you, it, it's, it's a slower pace and you kind of have to find your own flow and slowly find the people who kind of feel the same way. Otherwise, it's very easy to just lounge. No. It's, it's way, it's too easy. Too easy. Because but it I, sounds like your Lisbon experience is like times 100 yeah, I mean, I have the comfortable position of still having clients in Germany that give me work. So You still it, get work from Germany? Yeah. So and then I'm, you fly over here to do it? Yeah, so if it's just editing, I can do it remotely. If it's mm-hmm. a shoot, then I fly. And okay. it's still worth it. 
so financially to fly around, even the flights get more expensive. But um, it's I'm in a very comfortable situation. I just have to say that. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, let me ask you this: like you, let's say you get a, a similar job um, to do an image film that you would have done here in Munich for a German company. You get a similar job like that in Lisbon. What's the? How's the money compare? No, so I mean, the money is uh, the pay is very bad. I mean, it's in the end, it is a poor country. They get a lot of right. support from the European Union, but it is still a poor country. Right. And the the like like somebody referred to me about a job opportunity for him, and he talked about a good salary that was nine hundred euro per month. Per month, that was a good salary. So I think then then it just wow. clicks, and you think like. Holy shit, how is that even possible? Because Lisbon is not that cheap. Yeah, and I mean, just to put it into perspective for anyone who's listening, I mean, to a lot of, to a lot of ears, I know that 900 a month can sound actually great, but we're, we're talking about the perspective of him coming from, from Munich. And Munich is a very wealthy place that pays very fair and sometimes even a little bit more than fair. And, and it makes a very comfortable life for people. And being professional for 10 years. I mean, and I'm having not, done it for 10 years yeah. Yeah, in your own company, it's a super big switch. Like he's a senior designer. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I don't have a title, but I'm. I know what I'm doing. Senior master cameraman. <laughs> cameraman. <laughs> but anyway, so I think that's that's pretty shocking. That's a shock, yeah. And yeah, that's. Um, so I don't know if I could be able to do a production there the way I could do it here, because I do also notice some differences in how do you treat, how do you respect work. I think there's a difference. I think so. What's the big difference there? Because I know that in Munich, people are extremely punctual normally, and they're a bit anal if you're late, and they're very respectful and careful about. They're very aware of time. It seems like how was it there? So, like, there's a good side and a bad side. I'm going to start with the good side. The good side, for example, <laughs> is that I would. I'm not an early bird. I like to sleep in, and I'm not. And I would see myself here in Munich. If I would be at work between 10 and 11, the least I would have is a bad conscience. Even if I work my 10 hours after that and work yeah. until 10, and I, I would mean, still... I mean, you had your own office too, so you could choose your I own... I could show up whenever I want. Yeah. But still, it was this common sense of like, you don't... It's it's Monday, you don't sleep in, you know? Yeah. And even if I would do it anyway, I would have a bad conscience, you know? Yeah, sure. So, and that disappeared in Lisbon. <laughs> <Totally>. Really? <laughs> I sleep as long as I want. I do, I do make my work, you know? It's not like... I. I'm not lazy. I just sleep a bit longer. I go to bed later. I sleep a bit longer. It's, it's my, my just my daily rhythm is a bit later. But would but, you say at your laziest, you're still way more productive than people that you have been working with? Mm, I mean, I don't work. I don't have as much work in Lisbon now that I had here. So I think right. I'm I'm just working a little less. And I'm okay. trying to make that free way, free time like work in a sense of using it uh, creatively and using it smartly and not just <laughs> linger around. Yeah, that's too, that's too easy to do. Too easy for me to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a terrible time with too much free time. I mean, especially like right now I'm on holiday from work and, you know, we just have a like one more gig before I travel back home for a while. And if I have one or two days where I have the house to myself and I don't have anything to really do, if I don't create some sort of routine for myself, like go to the gym or, you know, update the website or practice or something, if I don't give myself something to do and keep a strict time schedule for myself, it's very easy for me to spiral and feel guilty and to go like down, 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 down and think like, oh, I'm, you know, see Instagram and compare yourself and think like, oh, I'm not doing anything and I'm so lazy. And all of a sudden it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm sleepy. Mm. You know, like I'm really bad with that amount of free time. So I'm glad that you're kind of appreciating it because you didn't have that much free time here. It seemed like. No. When you lived here. 
And it's like, really, it's like more than how much do you admit, you know, like it's, it's like this, there's a certain pressure of being productive and being like here. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so that doesn't, that's not like that in Lisbon. <laughs> so, um, but that's like the good side. You can be a little more honest to yourself and work really as your on your own schedule and on yeah. your own pace. Uh, but the other thing is also like the, the, how people, I did, I did one production there and, The way people respect the work and also feel responsible for the work they're doing is a bit different here. I think um, I was a bit, you know, like you write an email, you don't get an answer for two weeks and you just wonder like, okay, where did that email go? So first of all, email doesn't work as nicely as it does here. So this is something, okay. it's a learning curve. Some things just don't work as much. Like they don't read them or the system isn't working? No, they just... I'm not sure. I don't even know if they ignore it or they just don't read it or they just don't respond. But you just you just hang in there and you wait for a response. So if you want to hire somebody in a, then you might not be you not might not get an answer. That's crazy. So you have to call people. That's to start with. People, people get mad at me here if I'm not responding to something like within the day. Sometimes yeah. you know it's like, hey, I've been waiting for two hours. I'm like, I wasn't even near my computer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. But the other that's, extreme. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's two extremes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so, and then, like, punctuality is, like, it is a thing. I think when you're, I'm not super punctual in my private life, but I think when you have a shoot, then kind of time is well, money. Well, there's money involved. Yeah, yeah. time, yeah. And exactly. you don't want to just, like, be late. Because, yeah. you know, every hour of not, like, so it is a bit of a struggle. And, but it's not only a struggle. It's also something, wait, how do I put it? Um. I just have to rethink, okay, that's how I grew up. That's how I was educated. How wrong or right is one side? So, and I think I haven't made up my mind. You know, I think I'm still figuring out. It's not even what I like more or less. It's just like, okay, that's a different country, a different culture. They do it like that. I come from Germany. Things run in a certain way here. So I'm trying not to put value on one or the other thing. I'm just figuring out, okay, how to make it work, you know? Yeah. I think that's But a good is, perspective to have as well. It's something, I mean, you can, you can go on a shoot in a different country. You're not gonna, it's different than when you really live there and you're really exposed to that. Well, it comes back down to expectations, right? I mean, you only have the expectation of what you've known and you've only known how Germany works. Yeah. So the expectation has to change. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty crazy. But tell me about, because I mean, what I'm, what I'm really curious, curious about outside of work in Lisbon is basically how you and your partner, Guy, have been adapting to the lifestyle and adapting to living in a new country just as people, just as civilians. Because I know from my perspective, the way that I talked about it on the first episode with Matt Austin was like, we both struggled a lot and still struggle with the language. And I know that in my experience, the first year I spent so much time just playing as many open mic stages as I could to try and meet people and meet people and meet people. And I realized that it's kind of like a, a mathematical equation where first you build this giant circle of people that you think are really your friends. But then the more time you spend, the, the, the filter starts to come in and it starts looking more like a target. And you can kind of like equate the distance between friends and the time you've had in the same city. And eventually it came from like me knowing a hundred people within a year to me like really being close with like seven people after four years. How was that going for you? You've had a year, right? I guess you've met a lot of people. Yeah, I, but I want to say I admired how you were able to connect with so many people in such a short amount of time. You it were filtered like, quickly. You it know? filtered, but I mean, you were just you were just like sticking around, and I think that was very impressive. And maybe I also 
thought about you when I went to Lisbon. I really like just be open and just get going. What happened is a bit that I I had this expectations. Oh, I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to make some new friends. It's going to be super exciting that I think I started obsessing a little bit. How so? That, that I really like, like everybody I would get in a conversation with, I would like... I would love to like invite home and cook and da 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 and do something, which is a bit like, oh wow, it's maybe a bit too much, you know. And I would always <laughs> go out to meet people, which is fun, but you know, this filter that this common sense of you meet somebody and sometimes this chemistry is good, sometimes chemistry is not good. Right. I think that that filter didn't didn't exist in the beginning. So, oh, I would just, so you, like, you were just forcing like bit, any contact, like let's hang out, let's hang out. Yeah, if I'm honest to myself, I think I think that's. That's a bit what happened, but I think that's it, normal. I did that too, because I, I think too. people also told me when I left, uh, "Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have so many friends in such a short amount of time." And I know that friends are super important to me. That was the hardest thing to leave behind here, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I think I was on this mission, on this hunt to accomplish a lot of friends, which sounds a bit sad, <laughs> but um, I think things stabilized after a while. Well maybe, well, maybe you're just building that giant outer circle much faster. You know, maybe you've already skipped into the next ring, you know, I don't it could know. be because I'm probably you've already realized within a year, like a handful of the people that you met totally. aren't going to stick around forever. No, totally, totally. <laughs> and there's like things that I never tried in Munich, you know, like because you have your friends somehow, you don't look for new friends. And then all of a sudden you're in a different country. Then you have like Facebook groups of like there's a Facebook group for for everything. And then they have meetups and then you just go there. Something yeah. that I would have never done. And you can meet people so quickly. But of course, you meet mostly foreigners. That's something I have to add. Yeah. You don't like it's like here, like I wouldn't go to a Facebook meetup thing because it'd be a lot of Australians and Americans probably. No, no, for <laughs> no reason. I would just not go there because I don't have the desire to meet people, you know. Right, right, right. Well, you already have the friends here. I have friends. So and, why, and so why do that? My, 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 my free time is I think busy. that's what those are really perfect for is when you go somewhere else. I didn't even think about those when I came here. Like, I just was kind of blindly walking around and begging people, please be my friend. <laughs> I walked, I walked in there. All I, I'm kind of impressed how you, how you discovered that sort of thing and you really grabbed it. You know, you really <laughs> grabbed it intensely. Like, you showed me this, this meetup app. Yeah. That sets up, like, shows you the events going around and yeah. kind of based on your interests. Yeah. Or not your interest. I or, would go there anyway. <laughs> or not your interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But how are, like, if I, if I can ask, you know, how was, um, how was the pressure of living in a new place with, you know, starting from scratch with your business, starting from scratch with your relationships, starting from scratch with basically everything except for with Guy, his language. Um, how was that having an effect on your relationship? How was that having an effect on how you guys are, your lifestyle that you had? Yeah. Because, mm. I mean, I know I know from my perspective, we had there was a lot of pressure. But also something we talked about earlier off mic was that in my case, she is German. So being in Germany with her, she had the pressure of keeping me here because she was at home and I wasn't. But in your case, you guys both left home mm. to some place that was both not your home. Yeah. So the, the pressure to depend on each other is through the roof. The, I think the, the biggest pressure is kind of, you know, we went there and we thought, let's see how if it works out. If it works out, we're going to stay or like we stay as long as we want. Like we thought about being there for two years and then come back. But what if it's super great in two years and there's no reason to come back? Then maybe we, we would like add another year or something. But it was like open idea of like, let's go there and see. So I think the pressure right now is really like if one enjoys it more than the other, what are we going to do? You know? 
let's say like right now he's a bit not as happy in Lisbon than I am. Okay. So I would rather stay. So you said what, you, you were in this scenario, you're, you are liking it more than him, you think? I would say so. So, and I'm struggling with the idea. What he, what he says, like, okay, I cannot do it anymore. I really want to go back. Right. It would be kind of hard for me. Of course. It would know. be because it's still super exciting. Even after a year, I feel like, okay, I'm starting to settle. Right. I'm not settled by far. And uh, this thing with the friends and the filter, I think there's a bunch of friends that I'm really getting to know now. And, and they grow on me. Do you say that? Grow yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I don't know. I'm not ready to come back. And that's not what's still super fresh. It's yeah, yeah. But so, but I'm just, I'm starting to worry about that, which is also a bit silly because we're, we're certainly going to be there for another year, but. I don't know. So, like, what what you were asking is those expectations that. No, what were you asking again? Sorry. Well, just sort of like you know, you. I mean, you basically said it that there are new pressures that kind of came from you guys depending so much on each other, and you know, you're. Would you say that you're making, um, you're making more of the effort to try and go out and meet people and like make a life there, right? But would you say that one of you is more focused on trying to make a living than the other or the other one is trying to make uh, more of a, a basis of friendship and warmth? Like, Because that's the two kind of central things for moving somewhere abroad, right? You want to have your financial stability and you want to have your cozy group of friends. Like, yeah. would, you, would you say you guys are focused on opposite things or that you're focused on the same thing but it's different tactics? Um, I would say in general I'm a person that is very I, – I can focus – very badly i don't i don't focus very well <laughs> so i think i always want it all kind of and of course it doesn't work out like that right so i think Guy was very focused on his career he did a course he learned like he got into animation and he he did this stuff and i think that was very important for him to have the time to to educate himself and that's um, very inspiring for me because i want to do that too but yeah. i also want to meet all the people i want to want to go for for beers every night you know like right. i i want it all and it just doesn't work either you study or you don't so right um so I'm I'm probably myself I'm more conflicted with with what I saw myself doing and what I'm actually doing. Right. I'm still having a good time and I I think I'm enjoying my time better than him right now. But, okay. He's um, also someone I'd like to get on the show. I mean, he's such a talented illustrator and animator, graphic designer and he did the cover work for the 12 Friends 12 Songs for 12 Friends album and stuff. And he's also, you know, trying to make this creative living in a in a different country, even though he speaks the language. But I'm sure there's different problems going on for him and his head. Yeah. So so he's. I think again, the expectations were differently, and yeah. and you just come you come in a package. You go to another country, and you're not alone. You go as a couple, and nobody has a base there. So that's so everybody <laughs> discovers or explores that field differently, and I think that's yeah. causes also tension. Well, it tests you both, right? Like it pulls yeah. something out of you that you, it pulls things out of you that you maybe wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's yeah. sort of like this, like, what's the, uh, what's the example? Not, not tragedy, but the, sort of like the stranded on a desert island complex. You know, would you rather go there by yourself or go there with your partner? And when you're there, you're in survival mode and you're kind of in panic mode and you're kind of in like, short-term planning and long-term planning and there's no way that you're going to sync up because you're both really concerned about how this is going to work out yeah. and we don't have a and we didn't talk about our expectations and you didn't talk about what you guys thought it would be yeah. like and what the plan should be it was just like let's go there yeah. but i think it makes sense to think about it first to really have this conversation and say okay why are we going to do that yeah i can imagine so, that but 
But you're working in this in this co-work space there, right? Mm-hmm. You have an office there. Mm-hmm. How did you get that space? Because I saw it; it's huge. It has all these really cool, interesting filmmakers and artists and designers, and yeah. it's a really cool spot. It's a cool spot, and it's kind of outside the city, so it's not even like very centered. But when you Google, I mean, there's plenty of co-working spaces in Lisbon. <laughs> it's like a huge thing, and they're more growing. And um, uh, I Googled and I took a look at five, and they were the most convenient for me because first, the space was good. Second, there was more creatives on the production side, like photographers, videographers, directors, production companies, stuff like that. So I felt like like if you want to do something, there was a studio. You have like a lot of people to ask and people are going to help you. And there was this like a crowd like Guy, for example, has a different co-working space, which is more crafty. There's a carpenter, there's a 3D right, it's printing. Not, yeah. It's a different field. So I think you choose based on that. And so it was easy to find. You just Google <laughs> <laughs> you just googled it and found it and it was just that easy i just googled a bunch and then i looked took a look at a bunch and there was damn many of them didn't have any windows although this doesn't even have windows but it's a huge warehouse so but, you don't know, you just, notice it, it so much it's funny it doesn't feel like it doesn't have windows yeah, i didn't even think about that it doesn't have windows but i like i like the openness of the, like the balcony top rooms like it's one room stacked on top of another room and they're both open to the center it feels like some sort of like a Roman cathedral. There's going to be a big battle in the middle. I kind of yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's nice. It's really cool. So I was really happy to find that and get a get a, get a, get a space there. Yeah. Because also, like, it's important when you go to a different country, I think, you, when you, you know, in your free time, you most likely, you would more likely run into other foreigners. Yeah. Which is totally fine. I don't have anything against foreigners. But I think when you, it's also nice. <laughs> you better to, not. <laughs> so you do. Um, um it's also good to 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 get to know the the locals yeah and especially when you're in a work environment you you learn how things work differently and that also helps you if you're ever going to work there then you have people to just make you understand how things work right like notion of time or like how how people deal with things differently and it makes you understand it and it makes you deal with it and then it's not a problem anymore probably yeah probably being in that co-working space is a really great way to like sort of absorb through osmosis the mentality of the place you're living in. Because if you're just working by yourself at home, like a home office in a new place, you only know yourself and how you used to work. Mm. So if you're surrounded by it, you kind of like blend in with it, sort of. Yeah. I or mean, is that how you feel? Home office would not have been an option. Like, really not. I, I mean, can you imagine, like, you move to a different country and then you spend the whole day at home? I mean, that's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I really know what you mean. Uh, I, I, I threw some shade at Guy right now because <laughs> that's what he did in the beginning. I'm going to totally invite him on the show to just talk so much trash about you. <laughs> He's always drunk. No. <laughs> um, but you were telling me earlier um, that, you know, the pay rate is, is so much lower there. And um, something I was really curious about is nobody works in August in Lisbon. It's so how does this though. work? How does anyone make a living? How do they feed their families or pay rent? Or That's a huge mystery. I do ask people. I do talk about that with people. But money is a, is a thing where I'm not going to I'm not going to say the Portuguese or something. I'm just saying the people that we talk to are <laughs> they don't I feel like they don't share all the all the information. You know, that it's kind of hard. Really? To, yeah, I think, you know, like you, you, you. Like they're, t- like they're in on some big tax scam that you don't know about? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like when you when people, I mean, money is an issue. Like the pays are bad and economic the the, the economy is is not doing great. Uh-huh. So um, so you wonder how do 
people make a living? How how does it work that he has a iPhone 10 and right. a new iMac and a car, and a car but makes yeah. 800 euro a month? So how does that work? I mean, how do they do it? Yeah, that's and, really and crazy. That's a huge mystery to me. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that so many people have cars there. Yeah, everybody has a car. And, and that the, the how much is the tax? You said it's you can you can cut it in half. 50 percent goes off your salary. And sometimes an hourly rate. For, so for that's, I mean, that's that's more like a freelancer thing. Like they have a different calculation of how to calculate like a daily rate for a freelancer. So they take like an employee gets 900 euro a month. So if you're a freelancer, you just cut those 900 euro divide by 30 days and that's your daily rate, which is, which doesn't make any sense, for, at least for me. Not. So, no, I, I really don't. And that's how you break it down to a very bad rate per hour. Yeah. And Did you course, know that, Mo? That they do the that they don't work in August at all? I didn't know that, but I have recently been to Italy, right? And it's not the same that they don't work for a whole month, but <clears throat> the whole also in Spain, instead of more of the southern European countries, the Mediterranean countries, yeah, the whole siesta thing. I was wondering because maybe it's just my German mind <laughs> work from nine <laughs> to to one, and then from two to five, six, whatever, yeah. I always wondered how does this even work? Yeah. So not working from twelve to four and then working from four to seven or something like that. The thing is they're not doing great. Portuguese are not doing great. You know, the economy is not doing amazing. That's why the salaries are so bad. The thing is But I, how are they affording this shit? I don't know. Real estate. Real estate. Okay. So you were you mentioned that earlier too. Are people renting out a lot of stuff like Airbnb? Yeah, Airbnb is a huge thing, so I think Okay. People grow up with an apartment or people inherit an apartment and then they put in an Airbnb. And I think you can make a lot of money in Lisbon right now. Like easily for a two-room apartment, you can charge 100 euro a night. So you can make good money with that. Like tourism is a thing, certainly. Mm. But besides, if people don't have that, I, it's a mystery to I me. I really don't get that. I no. really don't get that. I mean, if I, uh, The thing is, I also... What? It's not only those people. I also have different examples. Like I'm sharing, I'm sharing my office with that girl and she's a super ambitious, uh, businesswoman. She has a shoe label and, and, and she's, she's amazing. She's very inspired. I'm very inspired by her because she's so, um, like you have to, I'm, I became the one who tell her, okay, let's finish up for today, wrap it up, go to the beach or do something nice, do something. You're telling her to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she's, and, and she tells me she's frustrated with, with, her situation because she is just frustrated with how people deal with work a lot. So it's not, it seems to be a common thing. Of course, not everybody is like that, but it's hard because I think there, there's a lot of talented, professional, educated, good people, of but course, there's a different, of course. but I mean, work ethics, I think I don't but, want to sound like a know, bitch, but <laughs> no, you're not, you're not, but like, you know, work ethics, low, low pay rate, extremely high tax, Real estate inheritance. I mean, do you think these are factors about why the population basically halved itself in the last, what, 20, 40 years, yeah. 60 years? 20, 25 to 30 20, years. 25, yeah. 30 years. Yeah, There like, was a million people. Right now it's down to 500,000. Yeah. When you look in my neighborhood where I live, <laughs> it's just old people. I mean, they're it's nice. So it's, crazy. It's, it's nice. It's enjoyable. But there's mostly old people. But they're, that's a huge sign that... that, that I don't know. It's such a crazy mix between like what, what you really find out from someone living there and how the how the economy is like, killing itself and people people are leaving by the thousands. At the same time, Lisbon is like super hip and fresh and artsy and relaxing and gorgeous and so easy. So people, young people, are still flooding in there 
but it seems like maybe they're not staying that long. I don't know. So I think it comes, I mean, that's something thin ice that I'm talking about because I don't have all the back, uh, the background, but there was like this, uh, funding from the European Union, like millions of euros that put into business. So there's a lot okay. of startups and there's a lot of things going on and foreign companies come and invest in companies and local companies. So there is like a startup hub vibe in the city, but that doesn't, that doesn't work for the, majority of the population who doesn't work in a startup or something so yeah. it's still a poor country even if that all happens and also the reason why all those big companies come to lisbon and build a start a, a, a work hub or something mm -hmm. is because it is cheap like the work is cheap so oh, it's man, like it's so wild it's and and i mean finally it makes sense you know when you have when you have a bad pay mm -hmm. and and things seem unfair that you don't have the biggest motivation to work is maybe natural you know Maybe that's maybe that's, that's a great point. And then you see all those foreigners. I mean, I mean, I'm including myself, you know, having kind of a better deal because they have worked from abroad or something. Yeah, it's super unfair. So, man, unbelievable. I'm trying to get to keep that awareness that I'm 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 privileged. Yeah, that's so, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh man, but, yeah, that's a really interesting situation to be in. But just since we're on the topic of you know, these kinds of jobs and the economy and the system that you've, you've been getting adjusted to, um, has that shed any sort of new light on when you return to Munich, when you visit Munich and you're working here, do you, are you seeing Munich in a different kind of perspective, a different light? Totally. I mean, absolutely. I think I'm, I would say I am, I'm always trying to see the bright side of things. And I'd say that too. You're a pretty positive guy. So, so coming back to Munich, things that might have bothered me before, I, it's kind of hard to come up with an example, but I think I, I enjoy it a lot being here. And some things just like public transportation, when you just oh, cross man. the city in 15 minutes, that's like, yeah. oh my God, that's I feel the same way when I go to New Orleans. It's like, this bus is not going to come <laughs> at all. <laughs> and in Munich, it's there. It's so consistent and so regular. Yeah. And, and besides being a beautiful city and everything, it's, it's, um, You forget that sometimes, even like you walk around a street that has been super familiar to you. If you don't live there anymore, you start looking around again and then noticing like a beautiful balcony or I don't know, like some, yeah. some nice spot that you don't notice anymore when you live somewhere for so long. So I think it brings some fresh light on a place when you leave for a while. I totally agree with that. There's, there's just that warm smell of the afternoons in New Orleans after it's rained and the temperature drops down about 10 degrees and it's just like, Oh, I miss this so much. Yeah. Um, I, but it also probably feels good to come back here and be able to speak your language again because you speak English with your partner and you're practicing Portuguese. So well, how, how is it going with the Portuguese, actually? So, uh, again, I'm not the greatest, the, the brightest student. <laughs> heard that. We, yeah, we heard that before. Um, <laughs> so um, learning a language is pretty hard, I think. And no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm mocking, just mocking myself yeah. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I find it pretty easy to get to a certain point to get along on the street. You need something, you're going to ask for something. You that's a that's a step that you can make very easily. It's the, it's I think these plateaus, right? It's like yeah, we mentioned in the other other episode, like you get this plateau where you're comfortable, but reaching the next one is so hard. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's the step I'm I'm struggling with. So I do take uh, classes two times a week. Of course, when I'm here for work, something I have to skip them. But 
Uh, I do practice and I do take classes, but it's a very long process. I thought I would go to Portugal and after a year I'm fluent because I compared <laughs> myself with those people who do Erasmus, who went to school every day, for example. Right. So they came, they were in Spain, they came back and their Spanish was pretty great. So I thought that's what's going to happen to me. And it did not at all. Yeah. For two yeah. reasons. First, I wasn't, there wasn't the pressure on to learn the language because people are very willing to speak English and that English is good. And second, yeah. no, there's no second. But it's, that's it's scary, right? Reason. I mean, you could, you like, you can get around enough where you can like show your friends around and you can like get around without being nervous to ask for certain things, but you probably can't conduct business in Portuguese, no, right? Impossible. Or even have a, like a chat. I think even have a conversation is, is, is still hard for me. Same. Yeah. I get so confused with the tenses and, and the grammar and everything. So I'm working on that. I really want to learn the language for several reasons. And I think it's also beautiful to be able to look back to, to, to be able to, to learn another language. And yeah. I'm glad I'm comfortable speaking English, for example. <clears throat> But it's also a long way. I mean, I've learned that in school for so long. And right. I and you're know. speaking it every day at home. Yeah. So I think um, um, I would like to get there in Portuguese. Um, let's see, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not, if the, the pressure, if it, if I would be in a country where nobody speak English, I would probably learn it faster because I had to. I, I know exactly what you mean. I was, I, I just told Ify a few days ago that, um, we, we were working on the, on the post-production stuff for the, for this new album. And I was working with my friend Tim, who we speak English, but I was being driven to and taking back from the studio, uh, each morning, each evening by Ify's mom. And as you know, her, she doesn't really speak English. And it's so funny because she has such, such a thick accent when she speaks, um, Hochdeutsch, like high German. It's like so this, sweet. like the standard German. But, um, yeah, we mentioned before there's a lot of dialects and it's hard to understand what they say sometimes. Like Mo, he doesn't speak human words. He speaks monkey sounds. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. You, we went to the same place. So I got to mention, I'm from the, He's from Same that region. Town. Yeah. Also like you, I think. And like if you... I'm not originally from there, but I lived there. Yeah. I went there to school there. So. And we have a very strange dialect. And we've recently been there, Jordan, you and me. Played a That's gig. That's right. We played a festival there. And last weekend. Occasionally it happened that I You slipped into it. I slipped it back into that dialect. And you came over to me and said, No. Those are not actual words. <laughs> I was like, not, these are not words. Stop talking to me with gibberish. What are you saying? Oh, wow. It's really intense. And, and you know, it's I, it's uh, something, it's just like growing up in the South. You, you know, you have an accent, you have slang, you know, it works the same way in English too sometimes, but. But it's um, an accent. It's not a dialect. It's like, you're right. Dialect, they're actually a, changing words. Yeah, it's really true. like a different language. But, <clears throat> but with Ify's mom, we, we, I was forced to practice German with her. And I was sometimes, you know, translating a, a word or two on my phone in the moment. But it was like 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening, maybe a little more, give or take. And that was the best practice I've had probably in two years was this week of an hour a day where I really, like, really had to talk. Really, really had to talk. Yeah. And she's not so forgiving with mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, um, der und die Unterschied. You know, like she would oh, really. Oh, God. When my teacher interrupts me, I freak out. That makes me so nervous and I hate it so much. Like, <laughs> like I would say one Sybil and she would already correct me. And I was like, okay, please just let me build this fucking sentence because let it's, me like, try, it's, please. it's so hard already. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that irritates in, me. In a classroom <laughs> setting, that would drive me crazy. But in real life, I, no, I'm I mean, kind of I'm, like, okay, well. I could never be angry with Sylvia Geiger. She's no, the sweetest. <laughs> she's so sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And she was, she was really, really great about that. 
Um, but yeah, if you're if you're stuck in that situation where you didn't have a partner speaking English and you didn't have friends, like if no one there could speak English, you probably would have yeah. been much better by now. You know, there's this example with my coworker, like somebody I'm sharing the office with, like this, um, like this we call it arc. It's like a small little room. So she's there, and she's always she's encouraging encouraging me to speak Portuguese. But I'm telling her, okay, as as long as we want to like have a conversation and we want to share stuff. We cannot speak Portuguese. We can only speak Portuguese if you become my teacher and we do like simple stuff like I would like to have a glass of water or something like <laughs> like stupid, com- like like just a like a school classroom conversation. Yeah. And she said, no, we just have to try. And then we ended up like not talking because I can just not <laughs> say what I want to say in English. Yeah. So she realizes it just works if you can really if you don't have the option to switch to English. Because then you have to then have you to really, have to really have to focus on it. Yeah. And it's hard because the. Like you said, the nerves, the nerves overpower the ability yeah. forever. But I need to ask what you're actually doing right now. And you're, and you have, I have, you have an office, and you've started over with your clients and stuff. So in Lisbon, what are you doing there? Um, so I'm trying to keep working as far as it's possible. So as long as it's a bigger project, I can take it on. I can do all the pre-production, the post-production in in Portugal. For the shoot, I have to travel, but that actually was the case before because not all my clients are from Munich. So, right. um, so that's not even, I mean, of course, it's the flight is way longer. If it's, 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 of course, it's a bit more complicated, it's more work, but it's, yeah. it's doable totally. But with the free time that I have, I had the specific goal to, 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 to develop further and, and do something that I haven't done before because I was always busy, busy, busy with, um, um, working in with companies and doing image films and and that kind of stuff and i also tapped in this thing with music videos for example with you and there was right. always this desire to do that a little more and i know that's not necessarily a a business where you can make a lot of money but maybe that's not so important so if you have some clients right and, and you make the money that you need and you can spend your free time i have a camera i have some stuff so it's possible to create something yeah and you can get really creative with a small budget Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, because you have to. Yeah, and have finally, to. Lisbon allows me. I'm not saying that I'm doing it already in the way that I want to do it, but it allows me to do those things because it is cheaper. Right. I have work and I have more free time, so I can, if I, if I get the motivation, if I get my ass up, I can, I can do those things. Yeah, and that's something that I'm trying. So I have this film group on Facebook. We meet once in a while. We started, we started this production. It's like a documentary production about immigrants, not artsy farts immigrants. <gasps> <laughs> but it's um it's also about um people sharing their story how they got to Portugal and then yeah. they meet and they exchange those experiences but it's a video that's production cool. okay. so that's one production that we're doing right now it's kind of we have already six shooting days i think so mm-hmm. it's it's becoming kind of big so it's building a little bit it's building a little bit um we and it's a it's a group of people and they're all most of them in the same boat they they have some some job they work remotely some in for usually for a different country mm-hmm. and they settled in Portugal just to have some time to do something else. And I feel the same way that I had this friend coming over last weekend and he would stay in Lisbon and we would shoot a music video. And I am kind of busy right now with work, but usually I can say easy. We yeah. can shoot two days easily. I have yeah. that time and I don't, I'm not also not scheduled with free time, you know, because it's not, there's not something going specific going on that I have to be there like a wedding or a birthday because there's not, This network of people that are right. that, that are so close already, you know, like they're still like I would call them friends already. But there's a lot of free time where you can do great things. 
as long as you stick around with people who also have ideas because I'm sometimes have a harder time to get my ass up and initiate well, it. Yeah. It's like but, something you told me before, which is, which I, I really like this quote, but only free time is not enough. Yeah. You know, you have to have the people to help you set up that time. Yeah. I really or, like that quote. Yeah. Or even somebody who initiates it, you know, like somebody like you saying, Hey, I want to shoot that video, uh, like a music video. Do you have time that weekend? Then I can say, okay, let's do it. Right. Maybe I wouldn't say, hey, what about that weekend? Should we shoot a music video? You know, maybe I wouldn't be right. the first one you to do it. You might not suggest it, but if you have the time and the, and I will, the energy Then I'd love it. to do it. And I have more of that time in Lisbon. And people maybe start realizing that. So I think yeah. there's more of that stuff happening. So finally, that creative work that I always wanted to do starts to happen. I'm slowly. I'm really glad to hear that, man. I'm glad you have more time to do that because the creative work that we've done together is so rewarding for me and hopefully for you too. And I really can't wait to do more. It is rewarding. And also you look back on it and then you, I mean, I always see like, okay, that could be also be, um, you know, like stuff with work. You, you always learn and you always improve. Yeah. But I think with that kind of stuff, I have so much more room to improve. So I think I'm, we all do, I'm very critical all there. And then, and I want to try more things and, and make more mistakes. I mean, we did this shoot two days ago underwater. I never did that. And I knew it's going to be challenging. But underwater in the Atlantic Ocean, oh. I was freezing to death and to keep that camera steady to even see something in the view of the camera. It was, it was impossible. It was a totally stupid idea, but oh my God. still it was a, it was a learning curve. It was challenging, but it was right. great. Um, oh man. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you're, you know, whether or not these circumstances are like favorable to you, <laughs> if they're going to kill you, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're able to explore that side of, of your, of your talent. Yeah. Um, and that's important. And also there, I, to mention, um, Guy that, He does that um, more intensely than I do, but mm -hmm. he's also, as my partner who came with me, and he has, he's more focused on that, that's also an inspiration yeah. for me to see, okay, he just does it. He doesn't talk about it, he just does it. So yeah. that's something he is very from, driven, that's true. for me to say, okay, maybe I should just do it. Because it's like, it's challenging. It's, because It's again, challenging, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've, we've probably held you here long enough, my friend, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that I really appreciate that you took the time to come in here from Lisbon. I know you're also doing work here, but to, to take your free day today and come here and, and waste time with us. That was um, very nice. Thank you. You were really great. And I'm, I'm really glad that we got to see some, to hear some more insight into what your life is really like there, because you know, this, this journey of finding, finding people's lives as an immigrant is something consistently interesting to me. I mean, we just had Matt Austin from Manchester to Germany and you from Germany to Lisbon and different fields. And um, I think it's going to be a really, really wild ride seeing how different everything really is in different places. Um, opening my little American boy's brain wide open. Um, and I want to thank our producer and uh, engineer and genie and sexy bitch all the way from the Agoy, Mr. Mo Bat, for being with us today. It's been a heartwarming conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, just to wrap this up, uh, Busty, is there anything or anyone from Lisbon or from Munich that you would like to talk about or promote just as we say goodbye? Mm, yeah, so there's um, there's my friend Inesh. I'm sharing an office with her. And she just started her shoe label, Unreal Fields. And it's very exciting. And she's putting a lot of effort and work and money in this. And she and I believe in that project. And I think it's going to be great. So maybe check out her Instagram. What's the... Is Unreal Fields? Unreal Fields. Unreal Fields. Okay, excellent. Going to okay. get that in the show notes. Hmm? Going to get that for the show notes. We're going to get that for the show notes. So if you're watching this or uh, if you have this on a desktop or your mobile phone, you can click the link to check out Unreal Fields. 
So thank you, Sebastian Bellinius. Thank you, Mobat. Thank you for listening. This is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm Jordan Prince, and good night. Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Ein Podcast von Jordan Prince, produziert von Moritz Batscheider für M94.5.